Channel Attitude subscribers, we will be rolling out an upgrade to our site in the near future to improve site performance and your experience. So sometime within the next few weeks, you will receive an email requesting you to recreate your password for the upgraded site. To ensure this email doesn't go to your spam folder, please whitelist info at channelattitude.com. That's info at channelattitude.com. RSS feed URLs may change for some of you. If that happens, you can grab the new one in your dashboard when the upgrade goes live. Your feedback and suggestions have helped shape this upgrade, so keep those coming in the future. And again, the email is info at channelattitude.com to whitelist or add to your address book. Be on the lookout for that email over the next few weeks. This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Let's get going. Enough with the intro. Al, I want to ask you a question. Wait, hold on. I, my name's not, you know, I'm now Smokey the Bear. That's what Smokey. I am. Putting out fires. Fire. Smokey. Constantly putting out forest fires. I want to ask you a question. You know, right. Al, listen, as I get older, like I get, you know, the, the dementia is, you know, kicking in and the Alzheimer's is kicking in. So, like, I, I, I lose yeah, more I and more. Prevention at one point. So, yeah, I lose more and more brain cells. On, on a daily basis. So I really got to go back to simple. Yeah. Okay. Right. Al, can I ask you a simple question? Yeah, you can ask me a simple question. Okay. Yeah. We saw what happened with Dynamite. Yeah. 1.4 million viewers, the first episode. Right. Then it dropped off the cliff, never to return. Okay. Then we're going to double down and we're going to see what happens with Rampage. Great first number, boom, right into the sea of mediocrity. Okay. What indications were there for AEW, Tony Khan, TBS, TNT, all their executives based on their two shows? Yeah. What indication was there that anything was going to be different with this new show, Collision. Because they had a great first week. Three weeks later, now we're doing Rampage numbers. And again, bro, my theory has been all along, Tony Khan is paying for the television time. Because I'm asking something real real simple. Based on on, uh, uh, Dynamite, then Rampage, why did anybody think this was going to be any different? And we've, we have posed that question when we've brought up this conversation in the past. And, it, and it's a reasonable question to ask, you know, as to why you can, based on numbers, because that's all that, you know, these television executives are going to look at and they're going to, what would warrant them to believe that a third show is going to do better numbers than the first two? You know, I can speculate, you know, we can speculate and assume that, and, and it seems logically like that's the only possibility, 
is that Tony Khan clearly is paying for this third hour and he's paying or for that third show, which is two hours long. Uh, and, and because otherwise I can't see how TBS, TNT, you know, Turner Broadcasting, I cannot see how they could justify giving him the two hours, uh, unless, unless their overall ratings on, uh, on their networks are so low that Dynamite and Rampage and Collision, their mediocre, you know, mediocre numbers are significant numbers for that network. You know what I mean? And then that doesn't say much about the network itself. Oh man, I it just I really don't message to prospective uh, advertisers who are looking for a home to place their commercials to reach an audience. You know, if if they're looking at this from the outside and they're going, wait a minute, I'm looking at the numbers that this show draws and this show draws, and now they're giving them a third show. Do they think that's good numbers for their network? Because if that's good numbers for their network, I don't know if I really want to advertise and spend the money on that network, you know, and that's, that does create that perception amongst, amongst the uh, advertising executives as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, the yeah. So, you know, with all of that coupled together, you've got to assume that, you know, Tony Khan has bought that third hour or third show paid for that time or is subsidizing it in some manner uh, to, to allow a vehicle to utilize CM Punk. Yeah. I and just, that uh, makes the question. These are simple questions, but that does beg the question then you know, that he clearly perceives or one, he either clearly perceives punk is of such extreme value that he feels that eventually it'll grow or two, Hey, he punks kind of got us over a barrel contractually and, you know, I'm kind of stuck betwixt and between because now I'm paying this guy $5 million a year, but I'm letting him just set it home. So I might as well get some kind of use out of him. So I'll further invest and buy another enough time for another television show and spotlight him as the main drawn. Or, Al, we've never looked at this before, and there there is a door number three, and this is where I thought you were just going with this one. Mm. Bro, we, we got to remember, bro, we got to go back to, you know, a few minutes after the scrum. Yeah. These guys are, you know, the, the Bunks and, and um, uh, what's his face over there? Omega. These guys are executive vice presidents of the company. Right. They barge into his locker room and get physical with him. Yeah. Tony Khan is a billionaire. Okay, let, 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 let's do the math here. Yeah. CM Punk has an unbelievable lawsuit on his hands. He's an employee of the company. I was attacked by my bosses. Okay. Yeah. Tony Khan is a billionaire. Okay. So, <laughs> so the, 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 the fees are endless. The, the, the money pit is endless. Who knows if this was CM Punk's demand? This was CM Punk saying, you know what, bro? Tony, I want you to buy a third show, and the show is going to revolve around me. Who knows, bro? But, again, th- th- this is all so illogical, Al, that some it's something like that had to go down. Yeah, and it's pro- the conversation probably went like, you know what, Tony? 
you know, I'd be willing to come back if I had my own space, my own play, and my own show. Then I surrounded myself with the talent that I wanted to be on it. And then, you know, just let me see what we can do. Otherwise, well, I, I, I looked it up. It took me it took me a while to find it. But this is one particular week. This would have been this past week. Then the week that Dynamite got 809,000 uh-huh. was the number one show on TBS. Big Bang Theory rerun was 805,000. But the next show after that was 493,000. So, so yeah. that, that's that's kind of, though, what the that's other perfect. two shows are averaging pretty much. Right, Jeff? Yeah, and then it goes 437, 377. So if Rampage and Collision were on this because the last Collision got like 400 and, um, 452,000, they would be in the top five on the network, all yeah. three of them, and Dynamite number one. And see the mediocre numbers. I mean, I mean, it you know, must be massive numbers for, you know, for uh, Turner Broadcasting, you know. Mm. And that that speaks more. So there is a good possibility that they, you know, there's. I bet there's a combination of them giving them the time, but giving them the time with con subsidizing to some point, you know, yeah, to be able to make this a viable proposition, you know, because it, they, you know, the the network's going to need content, um, desperately need content, and and to draw an audience, and if they're happy with those numbers, um, then I can see where the two groups would come together and come up with to something to where it's like, okay, let's get, but I guarantee, I bet you anything that it was con based on a conversation with punk that motivated that third show, not Turner broadcasting coming to con and going, Hey, you know what? You guys are doing so great. We need another, we need another two hour show. Yeah. Yeah, well, Even Khan has claimed otherwise. He said the network came to him with the well, idea, but that doesn't mean it's true. You know? Yeah, I mean, I would. I, that's what I would claim. You know what I mean? I would claim that the network came to me, and you know, because that makes me look that much better. You know, I'm not going to openly admit that. You know, um, that you know, I came up with this idea just to placate one of the talent. Yeah. So, all right, Jeff. We got uh, we got footage here. We're going to start with the footage. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Um, all right, we're gonna, we'll start with this one since it popped up. Now, Al Al had sent this, and this was also sent by Bobo, Matthew Ortiz, Kevin Gordon, Mark Canales, and Big Evil Pop. So this was the big uh, the big match everybody was waiting for. I think there was probably flyers all over town. Big title match, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, the hometown guy against the uh, out-of-town camping tent. So yeah. uh, let's take a look. Yeah, no, well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. You got to give me a, what, what, what's the premise going into this? Okay, I'll give you a little background, okay? Yes. Uh, the guy, the wrestler, uh, and does a gimmick, and he is his, I forget his name, but he's he's the man scout. He's not a boy scout. He's a man scout. So he's basically a, a boy scout all grown up, okay? <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he, he's he's actually pretty you know pretty entertaining and, and everything like this, um, and I'll get into why I sent this video, um, and it's not to impugn the Man Scout, um, you know. And I, look, this is coming again. Put out the disclaimer coming from a guy who you know wrestled a mannequin head, but the mannequin head worked differently because I actually believed it was a real person in my mind. And everybody knew it. You know what I mean? 
he's rent, he's going to, when you watch this, he is going to wrestle a camping tent. Like it's an actual camping, you know, like he's actually having a match with a camping tent. And um, this is where, you know, the idea or the belief that we're all in on the joke so we can, you know, we can go out here and like, this is, you know, and this is what really sets Cornette off a lot of times too, is um, where we take it beyond it just being entertaining into the realm of, of, of absurdity. And um, kind of like, you know, when they did the, uh, the grenade toss out of PWG and they all blew up or when we had that video of, the guys in AEW, um, Jericho, and I don't know who else, and they were all in slow motion, you know. I, these, these these things are, again, because wrestling is an art, it is subjective, not objective. I get it, you know. But at the same time, the these kinds of actions don't live in a bubble. And they only appeal to a very niche audience that feels like it's on the inside and being told a very private joke that only they get. Um, and then if you're the casual audience and you're seeing this and you, and the, the only context is a, it's a man scout fighting a tent, um, you think this is absurd and you think it's ridiculous. And, you know, a good barometer, um, as crazy as it may sound, is like, you're never going to see something like this on WWE TV. You know, Vince would never let this happen. This would, you know, a guy goes out and wrestles a tent. Now, again, saying that, I know what people are going to say. Well, you went out and wrestled head again within context of the character. Now, you can say, well, he's a band scout and he's fighting, you know, fighting the tent. It, it just doesn't. It doesn't work, and I wish I could find properly the words to explain this. Well, first of all, Al, if, if okay, let, let, let's let's look <clears throat> at that premise. He's a man scout, okay, bro. So if if they wanted to do this with any realm of reality at all, okay, the match would be on the man scouts playing field. Right. So, in other words, he's camping out in the woods. And this guy's got to go out to the woods because he refuses to come wrestle, blah, 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 goes out to the woods. They beat the shit out of each other in the woods. Somehow, some way, the tent gets involved. I, I mean, my, my point is... <laughs> you as could a, have a bear. You could shoot like a bear or something running in the tent and right? then I mean, pretend my, my, there's my, an animal. My, my, my point is, you know? if this is what they want to do, there there's a okay. way to achieve this to at least give it some realm of possibility. Right. What they're doing is, is that they're telling you because what we're really ultimately always selling, you know, you've heard is that we are combat. We're, we're prize fighters in a competitive combat sports arena. And that now in this, this realm of it being a prize fighter in a combat competitive combat sports arena, you've now got a tent facing a guy. It, it, it's absurd. I mean, it, and it makes what you're really trying to sell ridiculous you know what i mean and it, it does more harm 
then good. Yeah, I mean, for the moment with that niche audience, it's going to be, you know, when you listen to the crowd, I mean, they're, they're loving it and very, you know, they're entertained. But when you when you know of all of the millions of people that may, you know, there are going to be people that are going to see this and it's going to turn them off and they're going to go, that's stupid. That's ridiculous. And then it, it turns them off from any other wrestling other than just WWE. And that further cements that if you really want to watch professional wrestling, you watch WWE. If you want to watch a, a, a carny circus of a joke, you watch all these these indie shows that do things like this. Do, what what do we know? What company this is? Um, it's kind of blurry. Uh, wrestling okay. Revolver or something. It looks like. Right. I don't know. All right, so let's play the Down. clip, Jeff. Beautiful oh. escape there. Nice oh. reversal. I don't wait. Hold on for a second. So, so hold on, bro. Yeah. The man scout is in the tent. Is it, am I correct? He's right now putting a wrist lock on the pole of the tent. But the guy's supposed to be in the tent, his opponent? No. 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 no the tent is his opponent. Yeah, take that in. But and, the, the, wait, there, there's a character that's a man scout, this correct? Guy. And he is wrestling a tent. Wait, oh, so this is the man scout. This is him. Yes. And why is he wrestling the tent? Thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm not <laughs> really, sure. uh, really appreciate you staying involved in the conversation. I thought he, this guy was having an opponent with the man scout, and the man scout was sitting in the tent. That's what I thought. That's the, the, the only logical thing that could be going on here. No. Yeah, exactly. The only logical thing, but that's the reason I said this is because... Okay, so this is the actual man scout wrestling his his own tent? He's wrestling a tent, yes. I don't know. All right, Jeff, I got it now. Listen to the commentators who are discussing this as if it's an actual sporting event between two competitors. As opposed to like Jerry Lawler, who would call you an idiot for thinking that, you know, head was real. He wouldn't sell it as... He right. wouldn't sell it as if I was actually wrestling the head and the head was real. He would sell it as if I'm an idiot and insane and, you know, I'm the one that screwed up, not everybody else. They're selling this like it's an actual competitive prize fighting match between Man Scout and the tent. I right, go ahead, they Jeff. partners, basically. Oh! King among men. Whoa! Nicely done. So obviously the match was longer than this. Whoever clipped it just took highlights. Oh, the no one has any idea what's going on in there. Just so you know. Oh! Gotta explain this stuff for him. Blockbuster. Oh! The ten get it took that low blow. I mean, that was stiff. No, no, no. There was no padding on that floor. DDT oh, up the tent. DDT. Punch the tent. The tent's now they're fighting back and forth. Stiff right hand. This looks like something a drunk person would do in a dorm room. No! And it kicked out. Oh, wait a minute. Are we going to see it? Wait, it gets better. It gets better. He puts the finger front. It's locked in. The tent give up. Figure four. Oh, no way. No. no. Canadian destroyer on the tent. Oh, he got it! Destroyer! Destroyer on the tent. That's gotta be three. That's, that's it! Three. That's one, two, three. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming... On a positive note, that's the first time I've seen a Canadian destroyer in years actually beat somebody. 
<laughs> very nice. EC3 talks about that all the time. How they've killed that move. Oh, they they kill all the moves. They just they just whore everything out. So. so I'm assuming, like, I don't know, maybe the guy, maybe the man scout had trouble putting the tent up or something I like that. that. I miss, you know, every, they always, everybody talks about, you know, you got to wrestle with a camping tent, you know, type of thing. Yeah. And then they extrapolated that into, hey, you know what would be really cool is if the man scout actually wrestled a tent. Like, there's nobody in the tent. Like, he actually wrestled See when when all that stuff was going on in the tent, I thought somebody was in the tent. No. Uh-uh. Yeah, that's why they could have made it work if they did your scenario in the woods and they made it look like an animal ran into the tent. And so now the tent's going bonkers and there was an animal in there. So they made it look like the tent at one point ate the man scout. <laughs> all right, let's 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 go to the next clip. I'm uh, yeah, that's uh, okay. What's what's happening here, Jeff? Well, this was sent in by Erkan, and if you guys are on audio, we have uh, in the pause shot here, it looks like a female with a male putting a light tube. Uh, oh, no. I thought that was a rope. That, no, no way. That's, that's, that's one of those fluorescent bulbs, yep. bro. Yep. Oh, my. Oh, me, bro. Oh, are you freaking serious, bro? Are you serious? Yeah. Oh. oh my God, bro! What the? F- what is wrong with these people, bro? What is the new trend too in these death matches where it's always guys beating these women up in and inventive ways? You know what I mean? I mean, listen, don't don't get me wrong. I mean that that whole myth about women being the weaker sex—that's BS. I mean. If I ever fight a woman, it's only in public. That way, security will pull her off me. You know what I mean? <laughs> look, and we both know before the fight starts, she's going to whip my ass. But she's not going to look good doing it because I'm going to fall on the floor and start screaming. So, Jeez. That's, you know? Okay, so th- now this is Moxley, right? Yeah, this is. Uh, he had, if I could just interject for a second. Go ahead, Al. It's all you. Ever since he has left WWE, like prior to going to WWE, apparently he was really heavily involved in these death matches and stuff. And and then now since he's left WWE, like, and I, 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 and you could tell me if I'm wrong, and I'm not disparaging the guy. I could care less. You know what I mean? Do what you want to do. Do whatever blows sunshine up your skirt, flaps your flippers, butters your biscuits. I don't care. You know, you you want to put peanut butter up your ass and run around the room with a garden hose and you know, write <laughs> bad checks. I don't care. All right, I'm not judging. My point is, though, don't you think that because now, like, he's back into that thing, and and all I can surmise is that because I've not lived this lifestyle, but it's almost like getting tattoos. Like people get addicted uh, to doing tattoos. You know what I mean? Because they they get that rush, that endorphin rush, and they start doing more and more of them. And I, and I think like this these death matches, these guys get this endorphin rush, you know, from these things. And, like, I don't think, and, you know, you can tell me if I'm wrong because this is where the disparagement comes. I don't think it's helping John Moxley's stock at all. I, you know, Moxley was at a point when he left WWE, and then he came to AEW, and then he started doing all this, and I think he's just been ticking downwards ever since. I, I you know, and I, and, I, and I don't see it getting any better, you know. Now, someone's going to take, you know, get upset about me saying that because they're a fan of him or whatever. 
I'm just pointing out from a professional standpoint. And again, remember, WWE is the is the measuring stick, you know. And he was he was here, and, and he's not there anymore. I mean, you know, bro, you you can look at that. I swear to God, you can look at that entire AEW roster, and God knows how many people they have on it. And and you you could ask the question that Al just said. Okay, bro, all the people on the AEW roster. Since you got put on on that roster, how many people's stock has gone up? I, I would say the only one is MJF. Jericho's right. stock hasn't gone up. Sting's right. stock hasn't gone up. Uh, you know the 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 Bear Cat that just went over his stock. Morrow's stock hasn't gone up. Yeah. I would say MJF's stock has gone up. Who else? Nobody. Nobody. I mean, it, it's. You know, and again, I want you to remember where Moxley was at in WWE and how he came across, what the perception was. He was a major, major star. And, and, and you know, uh, now he's just one of the group. He's one of the, you know, one of the many. And with these continuous bloody deathmatch things, once in a while, you know, doing them, pulling them out, you know, it, it really means something. You can elicit you know, uh, uh, an emotional reaction. But when you're now, that's becomes you're the deathmatch guy. It, 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 I don't think it elevates you. I don't think it helps you. I right, so yeah. let's see this stuff because I have not seen this clip. Yeah, this was sent in by Kevin Gordon. This is over somewhere in Japan. I'm not sure. Uh, okay, it says on there, New Japan. So this is New Japan. And I don't know what these things are, but they look like wooden, sharp things. Yeah, and banging them in each other's it's a, it's, a, it's a new thing that they like to stick them in each other's heads, like large bundles of wooden toothpicks that they pound into their scalps, and then they stand there and scream. That's bro, that's just messed up, man. <laughs> and it, visually, I mean, you know, but it it, it again, you, you you watch them. And they stand there and they let them do it. Do you know what I mean? They they just like they can't prevent it. Like they just stick their hands out and oh, what am I going to do? As this guy's just repeatedly pounding these things on the top of your head. And they're both they were both doing it at the same time too, which is silly. You know, here we'll we'll pound these into each other's head at the same time. I don't. Know. Yeah. All right, what's this, man? Watch this one. Uh, yeah, this is a uh, this is an Al clip. Al sent this. Is up. this from Al School? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's where two of my students are showing really great April work. Okay, good. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's fine. You didn't need that. <laughs> Come on, see Jeff. You know I hate when you show me this stuff, bro. Yeah, and then because I, I don't Al, see Al, it. Al, blame Al for this one. Blame Al. For this come one. on, bro. Come on, man. Brother, just, bro, just li- literally, man. Just go up to the top of a ten-story building and jump off. See, I, I mean, Sarah, bro. If if you literally, bro, if you guys have a death wish, just go to a building and jump off the top of it and end it. That's it. That had nothing but safety and professionalism written all over. Oh my God, bro. These freaking they did, something is wrong. Yeah. Now something's wrong up here with these people, bro. 
Yeah, it's, it's like getting tattoos, I'm telling you. What's this one now? Go ahead. Having a light tube broke in your mouth, you keep getting tattoos. Jesus, bro. This was sent in by Jason Swan. Oh, my God. So for anybody that's listening, uh, the big guy just German suplexed the little guy into a table that's laying kind of diagonally at an angle on the turnbuckle, and the table didn't break at all. But the half heart, uh, the guy's neck did. So yeah, that was gross. Like it, you see his neck crunched, and then the guy whole covers him, and the guy kicks out. So what was the point of doing it? Yeah, they went into another move after this. Uh, the video went on for a little longer. They, they kept wrestling and did another move. Of course they did. Yeah. It takes more than just throwing somebody head first backwards into a table, you know. Uh, oh, well, you got how many do you have, Jeff? Like, say, we, we started with, with one a month. Hold on. Then one every two weeks. Wait till you see this one. Yeah, these guys are finding stuff. This one was sent See, in by Al, Mark Canales. Al, Al, Al's promoting this shit. See, Al, Al's part of the problem because now everybody knows, hey, bro, if you do something stupid, Al's going to bring it on Vince's show and I'm going to get over. <laughs> yeah, this was sent in by Mark Canales. And Vince, what did you say two clips ago? Just climb up and jump off just the building? Climb, just go to, a, go to a building and jump off the top of it. That's it. So that we can describe it for people that can't see it. This guy, There's a guy laying on a table probably, I'm going to estimate, at least 20 feet away from a wall. It's an interior wall, and it's inside, obviously, a big warehouse-type building. So there's I-beams that are running vertically up and then horizontally. And this guy, Spider-Man, climbed up the vertical I-beam. He's now perched on the horizontal I-beam and is about to leap off of the uh, I-beam and crash through the guy who is conveniently laying for the last 10 minutes (laughs) in a coma on this wooden table, right? I've seen this before. It's brilliant. Somebody doesn't have depth perception. And oh, 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 come on, Jeff! The guy, and, and watch, watch the guy on the table. Watch the guy on the table, Vince. Here's the best part. Watch the guy on the table. Whoop, and he just holds off. <laughs> Oh my God, bro! Like, oh I, I laughed so God. hard. At are this we one. are we done? Yeah, that's the last one. We're going to show one more time. Yeah, I kind of overestimated that. I was. This hey, Jeff close. loves this shit. Jeff loves this stuff. Man. <laughs> oh, <Yeah. laughs> all right. Can we can we get into the news, Again, Jeff? Please. I want you to imagine. Okay, <laughs> this was the conversation that took place in the back between two what you would think were semi-intelligent adults who literally went, one went to the other. You know what would be cool? Like if I laid you on a table, then I climbed up that I-beam 30 feet in the air and then dove on you on the table. What do you think? You know what? That's great. I'll lay there for that. Not to mention for the guy that's laying there on the table. He's not thinking of the impact of this guy. Literally, the guy's what, 18, 20 feet in the air, Jeff? Yeah, I would say so, yeah. At least twenty feet in the air, and and then we're gonna put the table. Ah, you know, we'll 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 just guess you know, eighteen to twenty feet away. Al, you know, I swear, I talk about this. I've said, I'm sorry, I've said this. I on. That neither one of these guys were geometry experts. It's not. <laughs> right, you know. I'm sure. I, I, I'm sure. I, I've said this on this show before, but but I had my Dixie 
Carter moment where, you know, Bully Ray is going to powerbomb me through a table and I'm going to get the respect of the fans and this is going to go down in wrestling folklore. So, and I've said this before, but I just want everybody to understand if you are listening to this show and you are a normal person, this is the, this is exactly how you would react. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm on the top of a steel cage with Ric Flair. Uh, we, we, it was the, uh, the, the Atlanta building, whatever the name of that building was, bro. And it was sold out. There was, there was quite a few people there. Yeah. So I, 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 he's beat my ass. I crawl. Yeah. I crawled out the Georgia Dome. Maybe it was center stage. You know what I mean? It wasn't the Georgia Dome or center stage. It was where the Hawks play. Okay. It was where the Hawks play. All right, Al. Oh, okay. It was the arena. I'm still thinking center stage. So I crawl over to the edge. And I look over the edge, and I swear out for for a, a split second. Oh man, if I went off the top of this cage, bro, I would be so over. They would change their view of me, bro. I would be <laughs> revered. I peek over the <laughs> edge, <laughs> bro. I'm like, what are you fucking nuts? <laughs> like, like that's how anybody would react. Like, sir, any normal that guy up there before he jumps, like. Any normal person would say, what am I, fucking nuts? And just walk right back down. And you know what? That's why that guy is a plumber or an electrician or works at Home Depot and is not a professional wrestler because you need to be a different kind of human being. Yeah, yes, you do, bro. You do. do. All right, can can we get to some news, bro, please? Well, last week we watched that scary are we gonna anyway, play the clip for al uh next week next about week the, next yeah. week about the power bomb though yeah yeah that, oh. th- this is kenny omega's take on it but yeah we're, we're gonna have a i don't want it's it's a big clip coming up on monday so i don't want to spoil that one we'll play i don't want to spoil it but al's gonna love it right yeah, can we al agree that it. al's gonna love it yeah okay all right go ahead so, we had that last week the tiger driver where kenny omega landed directly on his head so oh, he, he went he didn't land he yeah went, so he did an interview with Uproxx, and they asked him about the taking that move. He said, that's what I do. There were a number of things that were designed to elicit a response from people, whether it be positive or negative. But I wanted to take people on an emotional roller coaster. Hopefully it leaves fans questioning, is he okay? It's all about the match. We're battling in that ring, and I want you to go along for the ride with us. If they thought everything else in that match was just the worst shit they've ever seen in their life, but that one moment got them for a second. He's not going to kick out. He's not going to get up. They better call the gurney, call in the airlift. That's perfect. And if I had a whole match of those types of reactions, even better. People that want to shit on something or people that want to frown upon something or for people that want to say, well, if it were me, I wouldn't have done that. I didn't get to where I was by being able to do things that everyone else could do. I realize and I recognize that I do have special talents that maybe not everyone else can do. Without revealing too much, I do think a lot about my health. I think a lot about life after wrestling. I think a lot about my current life and next week's Dynamite and the week after that. I would never do something I didn't trust myself in performing 100%. So so he, he's basically saying, Jeff, that, that 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 move was set up for him to be dropped on his head. That's what he's saying, right? That's what it sounds like, doesn't it? Yeah. Because, again, and this is the mindset, Okay. This is the mindset. Everything he just said, right? Because I love how they they all give the talking points of, I want to take him on an emotional roller coaster. It was done to elicit a response. I get that. Everything you do in the ring, you moron, is supposed to elicit a response. 
everything you do is supposed to be, you know, the whole purpose of going out there is to elicit, you know, an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, that's what we do. But you were still, and tell me if I'm wrong, but everything he said indicated that it was all about what was done to him and what he did, not why. And the why is what will always get a much greater response, elicit a much greater response, and no ifs, ands, or buts, it will always take people on a much greater emotional roller coaster than them relying simply on the physical what they did and what was done to them. And if you, you know, you, to his point, you literally create multiple moments in one single match of, oh my God, well, they're going to need to get the gurney out of here and take him out, and he just kicks out then where does it get to a point where there is no physical consequence to anything that's done to him? Where basically it's Batman fighting Superman. You know what I mean? Where Superman has no feet of clay. He, we can't be concerned or worry that he's now in jeopardy of losing the match because, hey, look at all the other stuff that was done to him when he kicked out. I mean, where do we, get, where do we end? Where do we stop? Where does it come to a point where I've got to walk down to the ring and just pull out a gun and shoot you because everything else I did to you wasn't able to beat you? And that's what you're teaching your audience. And then, therefore, regardless, because if you really genuinely think of your health and your longevity and your career and your life after wrestling, you're painting yourself into a corner, which he has done, that basically teaches the audience that this is what they are to expect when they buy a ticket to see him. And now he has to deliver that consistently, which means physically over a period of time, he's not going to be able to handle it. Not that he has some special Wolverine healing like abilities or whatever he's inferring, like he has some talent, you know, that allowed him to be able to be dropped nearly on top of his head and yet not, you know, come out completely unscathed. I guarantee he didn't come out completely unscathed and it's all going to eventually catch up with him. But why, instead of selling the what, what happened to you and what is doing you, what you're doing to someone else, why don't you focus more on why you did it, what what the intent behind it was, and then what the consequence of it is, and now let us care that that one singular move might have potentially beat you, you know what I mean? But no, instead it's oh geez, he should have been carted out while well, he kicked out. Wow, that guy's tough. Yeah, you know, you know what? Well, we, we we I swear to God, bro, we've we, we we've got to educate. Uh, you know, the audience, because, bro, you know, we, we are the guys yelling at the clouds. Uh, you know, we life has passed us by. We're bitter. We're this and that. Al, do you remember it was a thing? Uh, you know, back in, back in the day, it was a thing. Uh, Br- Bruno's era, Backlund's era, Hogan's era. Do you remember it was a thing, bro, where they would have a match on TV and the baby face would take such a beating? He yeah. couldn't wrestle on the show next week. Sure, yeah. Remember that, bro? Like he, he could, he, he 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 wasn't even there, yeah, and he, the heel gloated about it. And you're like, and and then when he finally comes back and talks about the impact, and that's gone, bro. That's it gone. Creates a consequence. It creates it creates now jeopardy. It creates heat. Heat being a yeah. want and need a desire to now see the babyface come back and worry that he's going to be able to do it. They have, they have literally, that's all gone. Because, gone, gone, because, bro. And now, 
you know, because again, we, we, the wrestlers, we teach the audience to like, dislike, believe, disbelieve anything we want. But these guys are all making it a conscious effort to teach them to one, like this style of wrestling and two, to teach them that you can disbelieve anything that you see because none of it actually really hurts. You know, um, I'm fine. And you know, it was just a great match and, and speak to the audience as if they're a fellow wrestler, as if the audience can relate and appreciate physically what you went through as if they are fellow wrestlers, which they aren't and have never done. You're simply again, painting yourself into a never ending corner that you're not going to be able to get out. I had this conversation with in West Virginia, there were these four guys, you know, and they had, I'm not kidding you, Jeff, Vince. I mean, it was tag match and it was absurd. Not what they did, what they did athleticism wise, the, I've talked about this before, spatial awareness, coordination, insane the stuff they physically were doing. Out of a 45-minute match, at least 35 minutes of it was that kind of stuff. Just one big thing after another big thing of all four guys in the ring, all substance of it being an actual competitive combat situation where you had to adhere to certain rules where one, only two guys could be in the ring at one time, all gone. Got all four guys will get in the ring for not 10 seconds, not 30 seconds, but two, three, four minutes to pull off some of this stuff, you know? And they, you know, they asked my opinion. I was like, I told them, you know what I'm saying here? Like you, what you did physically, just incredible, but you did it so much. For one thing, you did so much and did it so fast. I couldn't appreciate or enjoy anything you did because no sooner it was like watching the finale of a fireworks show where yeah. it was just one after another, after another. And as soon as you're like, wow, that's a, Oh, here's an, Oh, wow. Okay. You know? And I said, and, but here's the real thing. I said, you guys want to go to WWE? And I think I probably told this story once before, but I said, you want to go to WWE? Oh yeah. Yeah. I said, okay. You're going to be able to wrestle like that 250 days a year. You know, like, that's a good question for Kenny Omega. You know what I mean? Like, that's great. You wrestled like that one night a week. Five times a month on a good month. You know, you have a pay-per-view, you you do that. Oh, well, that's cool. What if you had to go out and do the schedule like what WWE has to? You couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you could not do it. You couldn't, your body wouldn't hold up. You couldn't consistently, and that's the key that these guys don't understand is you've got to, when, when, you know, imagine you take your wife to a restaurant and you're expecting a certain experience. You don't get that experience. What happens? You never go back to that restaurant again, period. You're done. No second chances. And the same goes for the wrestlers. They go out there and, and you know, they perform like that on a pay-per-view or TV, right? And let's just say, which they're not doing, but that now Kenny Omega is going to, he's going to be live in your hometown. You're buying a ticket to get what? You're buying a ticket to get the Kenny Omega experience. You're buying a ticket to get what you saw on TV in person. Yeah, but he comes out there and he ain't doing all that stuff that he did on pay-per-view or he's not doing all that stuff. And he's kind of dogging it. Now you're disappointed because you didn't get what you paid for. Are you going to pay for it again? No, you're not going to. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
and literally you're by behaving in this manner and, you know, uh, in that mindset, you're setting yourself up to failure because, Hey, that's great. You know, you were able to pull that one off. How about in two months when, you know, maybe you're, you're a little banged up and hurt from the last two months of these kind of goofy matches you've been doing. Are you going to be able to pull it off at 110% like you did the first one? Well, probably not, you know, or, Hey, you had the flu. Do you think the fans care if you had the flu or that you've been on the road for the last God knows how many days they want to have the experience that you sold them on TV. And if they don't get it, they're not going to pay to see it again. And if they don't pay to see you, then what value do you have on the show? Yeah. 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 You know, and good for Kenny. I mean, he's, he's riding this wave right now, but you know, as well as I do, what's going to happen. That run's going to come to an end. That day in the sun's going to come, you know, the sun's going to set, you know, uh, and and what used to get over ain't going to get over no more because what he's done is he's taught these people certain expectations that if he now doesn't perform on that level every single time, they're going to be disappointed and they're going to start complaining. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and these wrestlers don't look at it that way. No. And, and, and it still comes down to, and this isn't about, you know, it still comes down to one. It is a work. Wrestling is a work. A work is a con, a sham, a lie that you are trying to convince someone else of that's not true, that it is true. And the only lie in professional wrestling is that your intent, you going out there genuinely trying to win and not lose. And that's the only thing that an audience, A, is going to remember and B, cares about and want to believe, be able to suspend their disbelief in that coupled with who you are. Okay. He's not selling why and who he's only selling what, and that what is not going to have a shelf life on it. Yeah. If, if Steve Austin went out there and, you know, let, I, go back and watch matches with Steve Austin and Ricky Steamboat, go back and watch st- matches with Steve Austin with uh, Brian Pillman. Go back and watch Hulk Hogan in Japan. Go back and watch Hulk Hogan in, out in Minneapolis in, in Vern's territory at AWA. And then, you know, be like, oh, Hulk Hogan couldn't wrestle. Yeah, Hulk Hogan could wrestle. Steve Austin, very accomplished wrestler. I mean, go on YouTube and you'll find him. Why? But when you watch Steve Austin as Stone Cold Steve Austin, he wrestles like a beer-drinking, ass-kicking redneck would wrestle. And that's why it sold. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and if he had went out there and wrestled like the old studying Steve Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin would have never gotten over. Yep. Period. Wouldn't have happened. You know? And if you really think about it, some of the absolute biggest stars, and I mean genuine stars, not just the flash in the pan, oh, he's popular on the internet bullshit that's going on these days. I mean, Hulk Hogan was a genuine star in the wrestling business. Yes or no? Without a Absolutely, doubt. Yeah. Unquestionably. Steve Austin, without a doubt, genuine star. Am I not right? Yeah. The Rock, right? Hunter Hearst Helmsley, yes or no? Yeah. John Michaels, yes or no? Yeah. Right? You know what all of them have in common? Bret Hart, yes or no? Yeah. You know what all these guys have in common? What? When they get in the ring, they only did five or six moves. Yeah. 
I swear, Scott, uh, I was just, I, I was just, this is an absolute shoot, bro. Like all this shit I see today, I don't remember any of it I, an hour after Nobody it's does. over. Nobody does. I was, t- I, I was talking to Kevin Nash the other day. This is a shootout. I can remember watching Kevin Nash work at TNA, which is the end of his career. Yeah. Bro, I can literally remember being five, f- five feet from the ring. And Kevin would get the guy in the corner and throw those big knees and have that look on his face. And, bro, I can remember being in the business for, you know, at the time for 20-something years, watching Kevin, knowing it's a work, and it looking like he was killing this guy, throwing big knees. I remember that, bro. And remember, Kevin would always take the picture. Remember, he would always do this. I remember that. I watch these shows now. Like you said, Al, the move's here. It's gone. It's here. It's gone. It's here. It's gone. Now it's over. I don't remember anything I just saw. Because they make all of it irrelevant because there's no purpose behind any of it. And again, the most important aspect of life is never what has been doing, what's been done. It is always why. That's what elicits an emotional response from you. Yeah. It's when you extrapolate whatever someone has done behavior-wise or action-wise and you put a why you think it was done. And that's what gets you happy, gets you angry, gets you sad, gets you betrayed, gets you feeling loyal. It's the why it's being done, not the what. And, and you can clearly hear in Kenny Omega's statement, he is selling you 100% only one thing what he's doing yeah. that's it and, and 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 to prove my point you know and you can you can ask anybody not just you guys but really describe kenny omega to me in a sentence or less who is he what's he stand for well D- dave dave Meltz's answer to that would be uh, the greatest worker of all time that's what he would say well, he's wrong because in order to work me as an audience, I have to believe in him. Believe, yes. I need to know who he is. Okay. And two, I got to believe in the intent behind everything he's doing. And he, he doesn't sell me that. So what, you know, how is he the greatest worker? Not to mention if I'm just a general fan, what does that term mean to me? Oh, he's the greatest worker of all time. What's that mean to me? Yep. You know, that, like I've said this before and I've pointed out one of the reasons the Attitude Era was so successful, no different than the, uh, the, the era, you know, the WWF era in the 80s. The reason that we drew money was because up and down the card, up and down the entire card were characters you could describe to your friends and family in a sentence or less. No ifs or buts about it. And everyone had a unique persona had a unique approach in the ring, the way they acted and behaved and wrestled that fit that persona so that at no point in time did you not get what you were sold, which was, hey, here comes this beer-drinking, ass-kicking redneck, and he wrestles like a beer-drinking, ass-kicking redneck would wrestle. He punches, he kicks. You know, you've got the evil boss, Vince McMahon. You can describe who he is, you relate to who he is, and you understand what he's doing and why he's doing it to Steve and- Austin. And how it's un- it's unjust. And today, in 2023, every everybody would be kicking out of the stunner like it was nothing. You're okay, right. bro. You're right. Yeah. Yep. And they're doing it. I mean, yep. now 
Kevin Owens is using it. He's using it as a high spot, you know? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, that's, but that's what it comes down to. And, and, you know, I'll preach until I'm blue in the face. You know, you, you know, you hear a guy, cause Kenny Omega is going to down motivate others to perform like he does because he's gotten the pat on the back. And it, it's legit that he, he's gotten the anointing by Dave Meltzer, the God and grace and Holy grail of professional wrestling. And, you know, he, you know, can, you know, Dave is like, Oh, Kenny's the best. Kenny's the best. Well now, you know, well, I want that attention. I want that pat on the back. So what am I going to do? I'm going to emulate Kenny. You know what I mean? Is Kenny actually drawing? Is Kenny actually motivating people to watch him? Well, some would argue, yeah, he is. Cause you know, they're still out. And now Kenny's, Kenny's not the sole reason that's selling out. There's a lot of other factors. Okay. Let's just look at week to week television and let's look at the numbers, you know, for all that, what he's doing to sell what he does and what's been done to him, it will never, ever compare regardless of, you know, it's a different time, you know, different audience bullshit. You can make all the excuses you want. If somebody gets over, they get over. I don't care what the time frame is. I don't care what it, it, it they'll get over. They, if they're a genuine star, then they'll get over Steve Austin, genuine star. You want to aspire to make Steve Austin money, not just make money, but make Steve Austin money. Well, you got to get Steve Austin over. You know what I mean? Say what you want about Roman Reigns. That guy looks now like what? Like a star. Attra- attraction. They're, these are attractions. We're talking about attractions here. Yes. That, that's a star. That's what a star is. A movie star, just so you understand, a movie star is a movie attraction. Yeah. It's someone who will motivate the sale of tickets. That's what a movie star is. A television star is an attraction that will motivate viewers to tune in every single week to watch the show yeah. because of because of they are on that show. That's what that that's what being a star is is being an attraction. And you can be an attraction to different levels, but truly being a star, you've got to be a major major attraction that that draws not just wrestling fans, it draws fans. Yeah. Period. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, and as athletically amazing as Kenny Omega is, as, you know, uh, resilient uh, physically as he is, he doesn't have the one thing that what it really takes to be a star, and that is that describability in a sentence or less. He doesn't. Hey, Al, did you watch Raw this past Monday? No, I didn't. Man, know. I got to tell you, bro, I swear to God, because it's so basic. Every, everything Al is saying is so right and so basic. You know, again, I got to sit there every week and watch Raw. I, you know, I get paid. Bro. Yeah, you get paid. I mean, you know, you're, you're special, you know. Rhea Ripley. And, the bear, you know what I mean? Rhea Ripley. It is across the bear to watch this show. Rhea Ripley and Natalia had a match. Okay, Al? Guess what, Al? It was a fight. And it looked like a fight. And everything else that happened on the show, I completely forgot about. It looked like a real fight that both of them were trying to win. Why is that concept gone from wrestling? (laughs) It doesn't look like a fight, and it doesn't look like anybody's trying to win. Because they, they are not selling that intent. 
You know, they're selling you what they do, not why they did it. And it sounds like Rhea and Natalia did a great job. And great the job. thing is that it happens so infrequently that when right. it does, it stands out like, yes. what I mean, like, oh, my God, these guys, you know. Absolutely. How much fun was it, quite honestly, because we talked about this, I think, a week or two ago about why a, a, a guy with a family of four, you know, he and his wife and his two kids spend the amount of money they spend to go watch wrestling. You know, how much fun was it that you could just for a moment believe these two women were really trying to beat each other? Great. And Refreshing. It's, it's, it's so, man, it's so awesome that you can just believe. Yep. And, and you know, the sad thing is that it's gotten so... The wrestling business has gotten so the familiarity has gotten in so insane. And and I think that so the the wrestlers themselves have become so detached that they can't just they themselves, the wrestlers themselves can't just simply do that one simple act of believing their own bullshit. They they expect you to believe their bullshit, but they don't even believe their own bullshit. They don't go out there believing that they're really in a match and they're really trying to win. They don't go out there. The referees don't go out there like they really believe they're real actual officials trying to keep control of and protect competitors. The you know the, the competitors don't really go out there with the belief. They go out there with a mindset of, okay, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Then you get your turn to do X, Y, Z. And then uh, so I don't look weak. I get another turn to do X, Y, Z. And then you get another turn to do X, Y, Z. And then we're going to do a bunch of where we think we're about to win, but we don't win numerous times. And then you're going to win, but I'm still going to just stand right up like nothing ever happened because I don't want to look weak. And they get so caught up in that that they stop allowing an audience to really get their money's worth and enjoy the one thing they wanted to enjoy, which was just their simple ability to believe in what's happening in who you are and what's happening. You know how, you know how basic that is Al. we never, ever, we never, ever talk about this. Um, You know, bro, they go through NXT and they go through the system. A, a a big NXT thing, bro, because they practice for hours and hours and hours is the entrance and what pose are we going to strike and you're going to do this and, and you're going to do that. Bro, the one thing that drives me effing crazy is when you watch the WWE, all these people coming up through the a- NXT, bro, no matter what happened the week before or that night, they will come out strike the pole like and i'm like my god bro like seriously i got a great example of that because you were there aj styles and uh christopher daniels you guys did the the whole angle where kazarian and uh age and uh daniels like brought what did something with this girl and had her, you know, like yeah, I was gone. Oh, you were gone. Okay, okay. that was not me. Right. I know what you're talking about Claire, Claire, something. Right, right, yeah. So they did this whole angle where it was to destroy AJ Styles' life. You know what I mean? Reputation, it, right? And reputation, and inferred that he and Dixie had a relationship, and you know, and they involved the you know AJ's wife and you know kids, and 
all of this, I mean, serious heat, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's like, you know, okay, you know, and now they're having the penultimate, you know, the, the, the zenith, the acme of the angle of the match that we're at the peak and we're going to have a uh, last man standing match or whatever. Okay. This is serious. Like you've messed with my family heat, right? What happens? Music hits. Christopher Daniels comes out and does his exact same entrance like he always does. Yeah. Yeah. Music hits. AJ Styles comes out and does the same. Po- and I went, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. If, if this were even remotely or you want me to believe it's real. Those two hats should have had a completely different demeanor when they walked yep. out on that, out of that curtain. They should have come out there like this ain't the typical match. I'm coming out for blood. You know, just literally the match before that at one point, you know, Daniels had gotten underneath the ring and had gotten into the toolbox and was trying to stab, went to stab AJ Styles with a screwdriver and stabbed the uh, turnbuckle pad because AJ moved at the last minute. Now you're telling me in this match where, you know, near attempted homicide is pretty much legal, right? Uh, Last week you nearly killed him. This week... You came out like it's just another match. You're doing your regular entrance. Yep. And, Bar- and AJ Styles is as well. AJ almost was stabbed with a screwdriver by a guy who committed such a heinous act as blackmailing and destroying his family and his reputation. And he's coming up worried that he's going to do his. I mean, well, I'm done. I swear, bro. I, I, bro, I, 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 I remember always, always, always. I was in Gorilla, and right before they were ready to go out, I would tell them, "Okay, bro, remember the last thing that happened." Ba 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 ba. Bro, I don't think that happens today. I, I don't. I don't think there's anybody there doing that today, bro. They're not. No, they're not. They don't care. And in in it's really the talent's responsibility to just believe. They should know yep. that you know they that they they can't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you know they got to like you know in certain situations like you know I understand it's you know but you you're the baby face and the heels done etc. And now you're going to walk out to the ring and then stand there on the floor while the heels just standing in the ring because there's apparently a magical glass wall between you and ropes and that you guys can't touch. You know. Uh, or, or oh, the heel and the baby face, the baby face did something dastardly to you, rolls out on the floor, and you, the baby face, just stand up and stomp your feet in frustration. You don't go out of the ring to try to get to him. Yeah. You know, yep. uh, why? If you if it were real, I mean, and I'll say that until I'm dead, if it were real and the actual emotion was that there and you really felt like you got screwed over, you would go right out of the ring and go right after him. You know? Yeah. You would... You, if you were coming out to the ring, you would, if, if it were this, you know, terrible, uh, you know, uh, angle, uh, that where you, you were so wronged and you were coming for justice, you wouldn't come out and worry about pointing to the crowd. Al, I, I, I pointed, you're going to get a kick out of this. I pointed this out last week. So raw was in Baltimore, Maryland. Okay, bro. Think about because I'm, I'm, Al. I'm just like you. If this were real, you, you always got to go back to if this were real. If this were, you always got to go back to that. Here's why it's important. Let's let's give the caveat. Right again, I'm a guy and I have a wife and three two kids. Yeah. All I care about for the money that I'm spending is is that you allow me 
desperately to believe in who you are and why you're doing it so I can forget about my life for the period of time I'm yeah, in that yeah, building yeah, or right. watching you on TV and I get to forget about it because I just believe in you. So yeah. go. So I'll listen to this scenario, keeping in mind if this were real. Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar lives in Saskatchewan, Canada. Raw is in Baltimore, Maryland. Okay, Al, it's 2,000 miles. Right. 2,000 miles. So it's 2,000 miles there, 2,000 miles back. It's 4,000 miles. So I sometime over the weekend, Brock Lesnar decides, you know what, bro? I'm going to show up at Monday Night Raw, and I'm going to F up Cody Rhodes. I'm going to get on that airplane. I'm going to fly there 2,000 miles, bro, just to F up Cody Rhodes. Okay? Okay, bro. So, boom, the show. Cody's in the ring, top of the show, talking. Uh, Brock Lesnar's music and entrance. Lesnar hits the ring. There's a three-second exchange. He gets Cody up for the F5. Cody reverses it, dumps Lesnar out of the ring. They immediately hit the music, and Lesnar walks to the back. I'm like, wait a minute, bro. You traveled 4,000 miles for that? (laughs) Like, seriously, bro? 4,000 miles to walk to the ring, have him reverse an F5, you get dumped out and go walk right back on the plane? That's what I'm talking about, bro. It's it's so freaking ridiculous. No thought is put into anything, Al. And and really, whose responsibility is it? The talents. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because if I'm if I'm Brock, I'm saying the same thing. I'm saying, wait, I flew here two thousand miles to tuck my tail and run away. If I'm Brock, I'm like, okay, once you reverse the F5, I want you to come out of that ring and start whipping my ass and punch me all the way to the back. You know what I mean? Give me a reason to leave. Or I'm going to go, hey, when I reverse the F5, I'm going to get pissed. I'm going to come back in the ring, and uh, I need all the officials and referees to come out and fucking try mm-hmm. to stop me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start fucking laying them out, you know, left and right, so that when I get in the ring, you can lay me out and then – Beat me all the way to the back. Something you know what I mean? Something, yeah. anything other than you know what? Shit, he took my ace out of my sleeve. <laughs> well, well exa- and not only that, bro. He, he, uh, bro I'm just gonna go back to Saskatchewan. Exa- and bro, not only that. Let's 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 put this in its proper perspective. He flew four thousand miles to do that, bro. He's the heel. <laughs> like you would think, okay, bro, the heel's gonna get heat on the baby. No, bro, the baby face is gonna dump the heel from the ring and he's gonna go home and that looks strong. Look <sighs> All right. All right, listen now. Speaking of looking strong, yeah. Uh, what's going on at OVW, the school, the comedy special? What's going on with everything? Well, you know, Smokey the Bear. That's what they call me. All I do is put out fire. <laughs> put out fire. That- but if you want to be one of those fires that I put out, then you can come to OVW as well. Uh, and you can be you can check us out at OVWrestling.com. We're live on Fight TV around the world um, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern every Thursday night. Um, we're also across the country in about 100 million homes. Um, you know, I know you never heard of that because, again, you know, I could sacrifice a living baby and a puppy on an altar and and give it to the great dark Lord and no one would talk about it on live TV. Nothing. 
would come up in any of the wrestling newsletters that it even existed. So um, I'm feel free to pretty much do anything I want, um, you know, in OVW because nobody's going to talk about it. So, you know, uh, but if you want to check it out, you can go to obwrestling.com. If you want to uh, learn some of the amazing stuff that we watched on video today, like the uh, I beam missed the table work uh, <laughs> where you can, you know, where you always question where algebra and geometry would come into play <laughs> in your life. Well, when you climb 20 feet up onto an I beam and you stand 20 feet away from a table, <laughs> those extra calculations do come in handy because you might actually hit your target. I don't know. Uh, but you know, uh, slope and rate of descent and trajectory yes. all equate to you going to the hospital and blowing the spot. Uh, and also, I, I understand that tent work has now been added to the <laughs> curriculum. Absolutely, tent work. Yeah, <laughs> spectacular tent work between Man Scout and the camping tent. Not to mention the two incredible athletes that were doing their, you know, a good example of apron work and. Um, possible quadriplegic work where you throw your opponent, yes. you know, backwards onto chairs. Um, Do fluorescent ball work? Fluorescent ball work. Because <laughs> what work better for teeth whitening than fluorescent ball? And that's really, we misunderstood the intent behind that tape. So yet another male wrestler now, you know, combating against a female wrestler. What he was trying to do was help her out. He's like, hey, you've got like butter teeth, you know? That. <laughs> uh, let me use this fluorescent light tube. The fluorescence inside the tube will help. The chemicals will strip that ugly stain off your teeth. Uh, you can learn all of that and more like rope work and, you know, turnbuckle work and how to stab somebody with a screwdriver work. Um, you know, and really it's all about what you do, not why you do it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You're going to learn all that and a whole lot more at ovwacademy.com. We're the only uh, accredited by the state office of proprietary education as an actual trade school for professional wrestling, sports entertainment and work rate, because it's the amount of rate that you work at. That's what's important. Yes. So, yes. Uh, what about the comedy special, bro? Tell everybody about that. Comedy special debuted on June 30th, uh, Friday night. It did great. It's on the premier streaming network. You can still access the comedy special uh, live. It was from Zany's Comedy Club in Chicago, Illinois. You can still access it either as a uh, – you can get it as a pay-per-view or you can get it as part of your membership, uh, your subscription to the premier streaming network. And I don't care what Vince says. I am hilarious. And Jeff will attack to it. Hilarious. Yes, absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I, I saw this morning you had some run-in with some animals. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What happens when you're on a horse and you're running full speed and there's a giraffe beside you and a lion's chasing you? Well, you get your drunk ass off the carousel. That's what you do. <laughs> All right, Al. We got the way. When somebody hands you a baby, go, no thanks, I'm a vegetarian. And then just watch the reaction. All right, out. We got the book. And you can follow me at The Real Al. Don't cut me off. I got this. Uh, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> you know, on social media, you can follow me at The Real Al. So, yeah, I just do this stuff for Jeff's entertainment because you can the right show. The Real Al Snow on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok. I, I am funny. I am really funny. I don't care what the sad trombone. Bro, I swear to God, every this is this is a shoot, ex Jeff. Every time we do the show and you're late, do you know what, what I say to Jeff? No. Jeff, 
Go see if he's telling jokes online. <laughs> Every Jeff, do we not have that yeah. conversation? And Jeff's, yeah, yeah bro, <laughs> he's he's up. He's telling jokes online. Yeah, I'm up. I got stuff I gotta do. I gotta. Do. <laughs> All right. What about the book? The OBW. new comic for me, OVW is literally like I'm in the middle of a forest fire and I just run around and piss on a tree and then oh, there's another one that I piss on that one. Trying to put them out, and, and meanwhile, and meanwhile, nobody even knows that it exists. But but nobody anyway. knows. Nobody <laughs> you know, I what about the comics the book? They're in a hundred million homes. Yeah, Rod, we're in a hundred million homes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, the comic book. Uh, we had a team up with Jabo Guerrero. It was a western. We have a team up with Tommy Dreamer coming out here very soon, which is set up in the Prohibition days and gangster era. We've got a uh, assassin type story with Scotty Tuhati. Uh, you can check all those out at brokeniconcomics.com. If you want to read about my life and career, um, well, uh, you know, if you got some time on your hands, you know, but it is a funny book. Uh, you can go to amazon.com and you can pick up self-help, the uh, life lessons from the bizarre career, uh, professional wrestling career of Al Snow. And um, that's about it. I'm going to go off and try to put out, continue to put out this one fire that erupted this morning. So, well, All right, right. Go put go go put out a fire. The great Al Snow, everybody. You want the be- you want to learn the best uh, t- tent work in the business. Tent work in the business. He's you the man for you. Figure four on a tent. <laughs> I <laughs> say goodbye, Al. Goodbye. <laughs> All right, uh, Jeff. What's going on in your world? Not too much, guys. Check out our Patreon if you haven't already at patreon.com slash RussoTWC. We got a bunch of different tiers. You can see which programs you would like to check out by the tiers. We have video. We have audio. We got Master Shoot Theater, Vic Venom on Truth of Consequences. We got the AW Review with Just Incredible. We got Disco Inferno. We got EC3, Better Call Con. Of course, Look Ma, the new show. I'm sure uh, I'm forgetting something, but the latest Look Ma we try to understand Dave Meltzer's take mm. on the AEW ratings. doesn't go too well for us. But uh, you can check all that out at patreon.com slash Russo Yeah, and guys, that starts at 75 cents a week. The tiers start at $3 a month, guys. Literally. Th- bro, I swear to God, I can't, I, I, I can't believe the money I spend, Jeff, when I'm out just getting a freaking cup of coffee. It is insane, bro. So for 75 cents a week, three bucks a month, bro, you are getting shows out the wazoo. Check it out. Patreon.com forward slash Russo TWC. That is it, everybody. For me and Jeff, we'll see you next week.